0: Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us in person. We are so glad you're with us today. This Saturday, um, men's prayer at 8 a.m. And following that, the ladies will have a meeting at 10 a.m. So be sure to put that on your calendar, your reminders, whatever, be here. Um, Also a note that we will have our annual business meeting on January 28th at 9 a.m., and that is for all voting members. Uh, If you are not sure if you're a voting member, please talk to Pastor, and he can let you know what those qualifications are. Hallelujah. Let's come and worship him. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, Pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul from without within. But my Lord leads me on, through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him, look upon his face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night. But I'll cling more close to him. He will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leaves for every tide. Oh I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys low I look toward the mountain height, And behold my Savior there, leading in the fight. With a tender hand outstretched toward the valley low. Guiding me, I can see as I onward go. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sink forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty deep. Then the Lord directs my bark, he doth safely keep. And he leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me, oh, I love him so. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty deep. Then the Lord directs my bark, he does safely keep. And he leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me, oh, I love him so. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Oh, I want to see Him, look upon His face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice oh i want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice hallelujah do you want to see him hallelujah Oh, I can't wait to see you face to face. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am longing for that day, Lord, to be in your presence, in your glory, face to face. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where He took me in. Glory to his name. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge into today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I give all glory to you. You are worthy. There is no one worthy but you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning, of His precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. HE SOUGHT ME AND HE BOUGHT ME WITH HIS REDEEMING BLOOD. HE LOVED ME ERE I KNEW HIM AND ALL MY LOVE IS DUE HIM. HE PLUNGED ME TO VICTORY. Beneath the cleansing flood, I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Victory in Jesus my savior forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is due him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood i heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory and i heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing and the old redemption story, and some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory, victory in Jesus my savior forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is due him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood i heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see and then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Hallelujah. He's still doing it today. Victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is due him he plunged me to victory Beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me. And he bought me. With his redeeming blood. He loved me e'er. I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood.
1: I'm thankful for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for stepping down from glory, wrapping yourself in flesh for the express purpose of hanging on a cross and spilling your blood in our place, in my place, that we might have forgiveness of sins, that we might be restored to our rightful place in you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice at Calvary and for your so great salvation. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We are so thankful, Lord Jesus. We are so thankful for your salvation today. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the, inher- the earnest of our inheritance. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us your name in water baptism. You've adopted us into your family. And you've established your covenant with us. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Not because of anything we've done, not because of who we were, but because of your great love for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. He gave everything to us, everything. He held nothing back. All that He has is ours. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. We have a God. We have a savior worth serving. Worth worshiping, worth praising. Amen. I am thankful for Jesus. Praise God. 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 14. It goes quick. Second 2 Second Kings chapter 2, verses 1-14 through 14 states this, And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were in Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? He said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. He said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they two went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, that they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. Amen. We'll be speaking for the remainder of our time here this morning on this topic, Lessons from Elisha. Lessons from Elisha. Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to bless the remainder of his service. Again, that his perfect will will be accomplished here today. Jesus, you're an awesome God. We have felt your presence. We have heard your voice. I pray, Lord, that you would come into this service one more time. That you would be released here to move and to work and to act according to your perfect will. According to our desperate need this morning. Help us, Lord, I pray, to respond in faith to the presence of the Lord and to your voice today. Help us to be obedient unto the word of God and unto you. Let your great name be glorified here today. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Before we continue, I do want to make one more plug uh, for Midwinter Camp. It was brought up to me, and I think it was an excellent point, that uh, we should also avail ourselves of all the other two. Midwinter camps. reason for that is simply this. Uh, generally the same message, but not specifically. They touch on a few points here and there that are different. They approach things from a little bit different angle, <clears throat> kind of like the Gospels. It uh, gets things from a different perspective. And I think it would be profitable for us to, to view all of them. I know that's a commitment of time, but uh, Amen. Let's consecrate our time to the Lord, shall we? The first lesson we want to derive from Elisha is that proximity matters. Proximity matters. We see in the life of Elisha several times he was given opportunity to separate himself from his master for one reason or another, uh, sometimes by the express command of Elijah. Elijah specifically told him, Tarry ye here tarry ye here. He kept responding back, "Uh uh-uh. I'm staying right here. Proximity matters. Proximity to God matters. We see in the life of Cain, Genesis 4.16, that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. We see a direction of movement here, not the right one. Cain is moving out of the presence of the Lord, away from God. It is possible, even though God is omnipresent, He is present everywhere simultaneously. There is nowhere that we can go to escape the presence of God. However, in the Spirit, certainly in our relationship with God, we can move away from Him. It's not God that moves. God stays the same. He's always right where He always has been. It's us that changes direction from time to time. And when we begin to move away from God, it's not God moving away from us. We are moving away from Him. That is not the right direction. If we look at the life of uh, Moses, more particularly the children of Israel, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 18, "...all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking." And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Now, to be fair, they were told to do so at a certain point. There was a line of demarcation that they were not to cross. When the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off, more so than they needed to. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you. And then a fear may be before your faces that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. We see a stark contrast between the people and Moses. Some of it by commandment, but some of it because of uh, attitude. Some of it because of that's what they wanted to do. They were afraid. They wanted nothing to do with those thunderings and lightnings. It scared them to death. So they told Moses, we'll talk with you. You can talk with us. That's just fine. But we don't want anything to do with God. He scares me to death. Now there's a difference between reverence and being afraid. When we love God, when we're right with God and in communion with Him, we have a reverence for Him. And that causes us, it gives us a desire to draw close to Him. We want to be close to God. We want to spend time with Him. But when we're not right with God, when we have sin in our life, when we're not doing what we know we're supposed to be doing, we're afraid of God. We don't want anything to do with God because when I get into His presence, He's going to check me. He's going to let me know that thing that I already know. I'm not doing right. I'm not being right. Not where I ought to be. So if you're afraid of the presence of God, if you have no desire to enter into His presence, consider, you've got sin in your life. There's something in there that's causing that. Let God search you out. Enter into the presence of God. I heard one guy say, you know, when you're a kid, you know you've done wrong. I don't want to talk to Dad. Dad's the last guy I want to talk to you. I think I've told the story about when I put a softball through the big picture window. and He told me specifically, don't kick that ball around in the living room. You're going to break the window. That's exactly what he told me. No way. He has no clue what he's talking about. So I kicked it right through the picture window. Just exactly to the letter what he told me not to do. I wanted nothing to do with my dad. He was at work when it happened, and I, I was done. My young life was drawing to a close. So I'm thinking, well, what do I do if I have six hours left to live?
0: <laughs>
1: I told Mom, I crawled into Mom's room, Mom, you've got to intercede. Your son, you've got you to beg forgiveness. You've got to talk to Dad. Dad. Let him know it was an accident. I don't know what she would have told him. I did the exact thing I was told not to do. Somehow, somehow when dad came home, mom talked to him, and he was cool. I had to pay for it. I had to work it off. Yeah, fine, absolutely. Just don't. Whip me. <laughs> don't yell. Don't do that. I'll pay for it. Gladly. <clears throat> but after that, I was fine. I was fine in dad's presence. We got it worked out. I was right. I was good. You see the difference? If I don't want anything to do with God, there's probably a reason for it. Let God search you out. Ruth 1, 14 through 18, we hear this account. They lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, Ruth. But Ruth clave unto her. I'm sorry, uh, Naomi. But Ruth clave unto her, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also. If aught but death part thee and me. That's pretty determined. When she saw this she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. She gave up. Nothing more to say here. She was going to stick by her no matter what. Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. He chuckles, you know where I'm going with this. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Again, Jonah's going the wrong way. That's the wrong way, folks. We need to draw close to God. Proximity matters. Proximity to God matters. The closer we are to God, the better off we're going to be. The farther away from God we are, the worse off we're going to be. It's going to be hard to hear His voice from a mile away. The closer to the mercy seat one got in the Old Testament, the Mosaic law, the greater the sanctification one needed. The people on the outside of the outer court They brought their sacrifice however they were. The priests, they had to be ceremonially clean. They they represented God to the the people of Israel. But the high priest, one time a year, he had to take extra precautions, extra steps, because he was going into the Holy of Holies. That was as close to the physical presence of God as you could get. am going to put the, the blood of atonement on the mercy seat. The closer you got to that seat, the greater the sanctification you needed. We've got to be as close to God as we possibly can. But to get as close as we possibly can, we've got to be sanctified, separated, consecrated unto Him. <coughs> the prodigal son, Luke 15 and 13. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted the substance with riotous living. Got everything together and left. Left the presence of dad. Left home. Left his country. Went into a far country. As far away as he could get. People are doing that right now. Getting as far away from God as I can get. Luke 15, 18, after everything blew up in his face, he says this, I will arise and go to my father. Now he wants to come back. The reason is largely irrelevant. There's always a reason, and I thank God for the reason. What matters is that you come back. You come back into the presence of God. You draw close to God again, because proximity matters. James 4:8 says, "Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you." Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We see that in the life of Elisha, and his proximity with Elijah. There is no way in God's green earth that Elisha was going to be separated in any form, fashion, or manner from his master. No way. Nothing is going to separate them. He's going to be in the presence of Elijah until the very end. till the bitter end. Why? There are all kinds of reasons. Respect, reverence, wanting to receive from the man of God. All of those things. In Elisha's life, I believe that represented the presence of God. That represented God to him. Elijah. Elijah spoke through, I'm sorry, God spoke through Elijah. God worked through Elijah miraculously. The will of God was, was presented to the people of Israel through Elijah. God did wondrously through him. And that's as close as someone could get to God. So there was no way. Elisha loved God. Elisha wanted to serve God. Amen. Faithfulness to God matters. We see it in the lives of Noah, Abraham, Moses. Faithfulness. 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 Jesus says in Matthew 25, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Faithful, 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 faithful. That's very important to God. In fact, that is our definition of success, isn't it? That we are faithful to God. The numbers, the results of our faithfulness, we love to see big numbers, we love to see big results, but for us, they're irrelevant. Those are in the hands of God. That's God's business. Let Him take care of His business. All I need to do is be faithful. God told me to do this, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to be faithful. When in my young life I was given the task of scrubbing toilets, <clears throat> I was faithful. I took it seriously. The people of God are going to be sitting on here. Visitors are going to be coming and in, in, in spending time in here. Let's give them a good presentation. <clears throat> I'm going to be faithful in this doesn't matter that I'm scrubbing toilets. That's irrelevant. That's what God wants me to do. That's what I'm going to do to the best of my ability. And let the results leave those in the hands of God. Elisha was faithful. He was altogether faithful. Again, he never separated himself. He was always present. He was always there. In the life of Elisha, we find God always has a successor. But we're the ones that qualify ourselves to succeed those that go before. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Like any other promise, we can qualify or disqualify ourselves from receiving it. Maybe God chose you to succeed someone else. That's not an automatic. That's not a shoe-in. You've got to qualify yourself. You've got to demonstrate that, yes, I recognize that and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to stay in close proximity to God. Well, I'm the one that's going to succeed. I'll just kick back and wait for it to happen. We all know that's not right when you say it like that. But that's exactly how people do. Folks, we can't do that. If God has called me to something, I need to be working toward that. And once I get there, I still need to be working and qualifying myself. Because you can still disqualify yourself, just like we can disqualify ourselves from the kingdom of God in general. We have not yet made it to heaven. We're on our way. We make choices that, that move us closer to there, but we can make other choices if we so desire. Seth succeeded Abel. Joshua succeeded Moses. Samuel succeeded Eli. Today there ought to be planned successions according to the will of God. I believe that. You shouldn't wait for someone to die off and then start scrambling trying to find someone to fill the spot. That irritates me in just about every job I've had. I'll give a two-week notice, I'm moving, I'm going somewhere else, and I'll offer, who do you want me to train in here? Ah, we'll take care of it later. I have to imagine that this job isn't that important then. (laughs) I mean, just take care of it whenever you can. It's not going to get any less busy around here. I mean, anyway... You're the boss. I just don't understand that. Elisha succeeded Elijah. That was God's order, that was God's planned succession. But Elisha didn't just sit back and wait for it to happen, he was pressing forward every step of the way. He was very active, very deliberate in his actions. From his life, we understand this. God works through people, but we need to always remember it's God that does the work. 1 Corinthians 3, 5-7 says, "...Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase." And I've got to say, I really, really like this verse because it takes a lot of the the worry and the stress away. It puts it somewhere else, okay? There's still a weight there. But we're not responsible for this. We're responsible to teach. We're responsible to witness and to minister. God gives the increase. God gives the increase. Philippians, I'm sorry, uh, Zechariah 4 and 6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Again, we're leaning on him. We're depending on his resources, his strength, his intellect, not ours. All we need to do is be faithful. All we need to do is stay close to Jesus. Hear his voice. Do what he says. That's it. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. God places in each of us the ability and the desire to serve Him. That's awesome. In two places in Scripture, we see this phrase, See the salvation of the Lord. Exodus 14:13, Moses said unto the people, "Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever." The people didn't have to do anything here, except just watch. God did literally everything. He parted the Red Sea. He collapsed it on the Egyptian army. All they had to do was walk across. I guess they had that to do. They had to walk across. Second Chronicles 20 and 17. King Jehoshaphat. This is the Lord speaking to him through the prophet. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Again, They had nothing to do here except show up. They had to show up. They decided to do more though. They worshipped and they praised. Rightly so. God desires to work a whole lot more and a whole lot bigger than He is at present. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Here's what I get out of that. I need to start asking bigger. Now it's the same to God if I ask small or big. But it's the same to Him either way. I can ask really, really stupid big. Or really, really tiny, tiny, small? Because if God doesn't do the tiny, small, I could probably get help doing that my own. See? If I ask the really, really huge, the impossible, there's no way I could do that on my own. If I enlisted the help of every person on the planet, there's no way I could get that done. That has to be God. The other thing I need to do is start thinking bigger. Start imagining bigger. My imagination is too small for this infinitely large God. I have a pretty big imagination. I do. I can imagine some pretty fun things. But it's nothing compared to what God can do, wants to do. I need a better understanding of the power that worketh in me. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. Genesis 18.14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. They were barren. They were too old. They were done. Physically, they were done. And then they had a baby. Because that's what God said. And when God says something, it's gonna happen, folks. It's just gonna happen. You couldn't stop it if you tried. Jeremiah thirty two, seventeen says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Down to verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. This is the Lord speaking now. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, we can imagine God being very powerful, infinitely powerful, in a esoteric, nebulous, theory-type situation. If this were the case, and if this were going on, yeah, I could see God doing something awesome there. What we struggle with is the concrete. When I am going through something, when I need a miracle, that's where I struggle. I can imagine God doing something for you all day long. My imagination falls short when it comes to me. The phrase, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Here's the small and long of it. Long and short of it. We've got to draw close to God and hear His voice. We've got to be faithful to the commandment of God when we hear it to do it. We're either God's primary or God's successor. Live like it. No matter how powerfully God uses you, remember to give God all the glory. And God wants to do more in you and through you and with you than you can possibly imagine. That's the truth. Know that everything is up to God. Nothing is depending on your talents, your abilities, your personality, or your resources. So stop looking at everything that we don't have, and start looking at everything God has. Get your eyes off of the negative, and get it on the positive. Positive. Because that's where the power is. That's where the potential is. That's where the promise is. Yeah, there are all kinds of things you don't have. Absolutely. Totally agree. Now can we move on? Because there are all kinds of things that God has. And that He has made available to us. Stop looking at the size of your bank account. And start looking at the size of your God. When God asks you to come here, when God asks you to go there, I know people are concerned about the price of gas. I'm not taking that lightly. I get it. But when you're spending gas money, when you're burning gas to advance the kingdom of God, can we trust Him for that? I think we can. I think we can. Stop looking at the size of our congregation. Start looking at the size of our God. We have plenty. We have everything that we need. Yeah, there are things I would like to see. Absolutely. But we have everything we need. We have you and we have God. Folks, we're good. And I'm not trying to hype anybody up. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I don't care who else does, because I believe that. You and God, that's enough. We got everything we need. Acts two hundred forty seven says, Praising God and having favour with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 5 and 14, believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. Acts 11:24, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. <clears throat> that's the Lord's business. The amount of money in your account, ultimately that's the Lord's business. God is going to provide all of our needs according to His riches and glory. We sing that song. Do we believe it? You know, this isn't part of the notes, but you know, we sing all kinds of songs, and I love the words to these songs. Do we mean those words, though? You know, if I don't agree with the words to a song, I I just start worshiping freely. I don't sing those words if I don't agree with them. Because I'm not going to stand in the presence of God and, and proclaim that with my mouth if I'm not buying into it. I go to a, a, another church, another denomination, and for whatever reason, some thing a relative is doing, and they're singing about the three and one. I'm not. I'm not singing that. I'll sing everything I agree with. Stop looking at the storm in your life and start fixing your eyes on Jesus. We all know the story. Matthew 14, 28, Peter answered Him and said, Lord, if it be Thou bid me come unto thee on the water, full of faith, doing the right thing. Jesus said, come. Peter's like, yes. So he got out of the ship, walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to think, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now, this is interesting to me for a few reasons, some of which we've talked about before, but this one reason popped out at me just a little bit ago. If he had faith enough to, in Jesus to save him when he was thinking, couldn't if he have had faith enough just to maintain where he was at? I mean, that was easier, right? Just to maintain. Of course, of course, the. The reason for that is he got his eyes off of Jesus and on something else, right? When he got his eyes back on Jesus, he had faith for that too. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I know things I know things arise in our lives. I know that. They, they arise in my life. We're human beings. We're living in a, a fallen world. Things happen. And they're going to continue to happen. But don't fixate on it. What happens is going to happen. Put it in the hands of the Lord and keep serving Jesus. Keep fixated on Him. Keep your eyes focused on Him. What He's doing. Where is He going? That's where I want to go. I want to follow Jesus. I can't follow Jesus if I'm looking at something else. I can't hear His voice if I'm listening to someone else. I've got to stay fixated on him. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Stop looking back at your failures and shortcomings when God wants us looking ahead in faith to greater things. That is the motto of the district for this year greater things. Do you believe that? I do. I do. Jesus is doing all kinds of things across this district. Not just this district, this nation, this world. Things are happening. He's he's moving people into positions, into places. He's he's causing events to transpire. It's incredible what an opportunity we're going to have this year. Praise God. But our failures and our shortcomings, if we keep looking at them, yeah, we failed Yeah, we've come short. Absolutely. All of us have, probably. I have for sure. I know that. But God doesn't want me fixated on that. God died on a cross, so I'd never have to fixate on that. Are you kidding me? He wants us free from those things. We don't have to live in failure. He wants us to live in victory. Stop holding on to unforgiveness and hurts and wounds. Folks, God can heal all that in an instant if you'll let Him. I know that because He did it for me. He supernaturally did it for me. Just like that. Before I even knew it happened. It happened right there. Right there. In an instant. Before I even knew what took place. I had to consider it for a while to to search all, all the ramifications of it. But He healed me. He healed my emotional baggage, my wounds, my hurts, all of it. He can do it for you too. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says this, and we'll close with this. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. If we could get hold of just a couple things. Just a couple things. Who God wants us to be in Him, who He created us to be in Him. We are not beggars. We are not paupers. We're princes. He wants us at the table, eating the full banquet that He spread out before us. And we're worthy of that because He's declared us worthy. We've got to understand these exceeding great and precious promises that He's given us. They're ours. They've always been ours. When we said yes to God, when we signed on the covenant, they became ours. Every single one of them. All the resources of heaven were made available to us. We don't have to stew and fret and wring our hands every time we get into a new situation, a new circumstance. I know you've heard this a million times. Our God is so much bigger than those circumstances. But we don't live like He is. We don't pray like He is. We pray like those circumstances are so much greater. But they're not. They're not. Why do they seem so big? Maybe it's because that's what we're drawing close to. Maybe that's what we're in proximity to. Maybe that's why they seem so big. God seems so small. The closer we draw to Jesus, the bigger He's going to seem. And the smaller that problem is going to be. This year is going to be crazy and it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be a roller coaster ride. And if I understand anything about this year, hang on. Hang on, folks. Because it's going to be a ride. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to all of it. Because at the end of this ride, Jesus is coming back. Amen. And I want to leave it all on the field. I don't want anything left when he comes back to get me. I want to hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. God has called each and every one of us to ministry, He's called each and every one of us to become Christ like. Let's be about our Father's business, shall we? Let's all stand. Amen. And as we come forward to the front, we're going to spend just a little bit of time in prayer. Let's all come to the front. Please, if you can. If you're able to. Amen. I enjoy this time. This is the time where i for the most part, done talking. And Jesus can speak to us now. Amen. <coughs> Let's allow God to search us. Let's allow God to speak with us. Let's allow God to expand our our thinking, our, our sight, our vision of what He wants to do. He's done great things through us in the past. He's done great things through others in the past. No doubt about it. And I'm thankful for everything that God has done through each person here. He's done amazing, miraculous things through you guys. I haven't heard the half of it. I will eventually. I'll get you guys talking somehow. And I'm going to hear everything. Can't wait. But as great as our past has been in God, our future is that much greater. Greater things than these shall ye do. God is going to work greater and greater up to the time of His coming. It's just going to be more and more crazy, folks. It's going to be more and more awesome. I don't have the words to say except crazy. It's going to be be awesome. But we've got to be consecrated. We've got to be set apart. We've got to be in line with God's calling, God's purpose. So when, I guess to continue the analogy... When the roller coaster cart stops by us, we're ready to get on. We're ready to get on and we're ready to go. This year, God is going to be asking some things of you that will be scary, that will be weird, that will be He's bringing us into new territory. We have not been this way heretofore. New territory for us. God has it all mapped out. There's nothing waiting over the horizon that's going to get a jump on Him. He won't be surprised by anything. He hasn't been surprised by anything. So we stay close to Him. We keep doing what He tells us to do. And folks, we're going to enter into the promised land, figuratively speaking. We're going to enter into uh, that area that God is calling us to, that area of deeper consecration, that area of greater ministry. Praise God. And we need that. This world needs it. This world needs each and every one of us. Be consecrated to the Lord Jesus Christ. He does that this world does. this world needs that. Amen. Let's call out to God, let's let him speak with us. ask him to help us expand our vision, expand our understanding of who we are in him, expand our ideas of, of what the promises are and, and how they apply. What He wants to do in us and through us. The person that He wants to create in us. The one He wants us to be. Amen. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for You. We're so thankful for Your so great salvation. We're thankful for the Word that has gone forth today. Thank You, Jesus, for Your excellent loving kindness. I pray, Lord Jesus, that You would help us. Give us understanding tonight, today, I pray. Give us understanding of the covenant promises. Give us understanding of who we are in You, who You desire us to be in You. Help us, Lord Jesus, to continue to move forward in You, to consecrate ourselves to greater and greater service, greater and greater ministry. It is Your perfect will, Lord, to continue to advance us along the will and the plan of God. Help us, Thou Most High God, to draw very nigh unto You to draw an eye unto You. And You promised, Lord, that You would draw an eye unto us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to press in, to strive to enter into the presence of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to stay in close proximity to You, especially when things are going wrong, especially when things are hard, and times are difficult, confusing. They will be confusing. This world will confuse us. It will frustrate us. But, Lord God, You are not confused or frustrated. You're not surprised or confounded. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to receive wisdom from You. Help us to receive direction from You, I pray. I pray in Jesus' name for Your people today. I pray in Jesus' name for those within the sound of my voice here today, that You would speak with them, that You would commune with them right now in their place of prayer that You would speak to them, Lord. Help them to understand their calling. Help them to understand who You created them to be. Help them to see where they are, but more importantly, where they need to be, where You're leading and guiding them. Help them, Lord Jesus, to understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to bind together as one body. Help us, Thou Most High God, to trust, to accept the covenant promises Help us, Lord Jesus, to accept the position that You have given us, the position in Your kingdom that You have purchased for us. We were not worthy, but we are now worthy. We were not nigh, but are now drawn nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, I pray, to live up to, to the people that You created us to be, the person that You made us to be. Help us to live and to walk in the Spirit. It will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live according to the calling that You have placed on our lives, the ministry that You have called us unto. Help us, Lord, I pray, to effectively, effectually demonstrate Jesus to this world. Help us, Thou Most High God, to manifest the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, Your power and Your authority, Your love and Your compassion and Your mercy and Your grace to this world, to those around us. Lord, that they would taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to be faithful to You, Thou Most High God. We do want to be effectual for You. We do want to see fruit in our ministries. We do want to see these things transpire. But Lord Jesus, above all else, that we would be faithful. That we would be faithful even when there are no results. That we would be faithful to Your calling. Even when nothing seems to be happening. <coughs> oh, hallelujah, Jesus.